This is Homer and Tony. Oh, baby. Jason Wildy. Is Jason rich, by the way? Jason is rich. Jason is rich. Oh. Yeah, is Pebble rich? Oh. 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 Is... No, I don't know. I'm rich in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pebble's broke as a joke over there. <laughs> Think about it. We all do everything in our lives that's mostly comfortable. We don't push ourselves to a place where we're so uncomfortable. You do know we... I'm on a show with Homer. Right? Yeah, but like again, you sure. did that by choice. <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe. <laughs> this is Homer and Tony. In perfect harmony. Everything. The expert, the guru on the NCAA tournament, John Gassaway. He's been doing it for 20 years. Yeah, you want to know all this stuff now because as well as Mark number 6 in the country and former Marquette coach Mike Dean as well coming up. But first got to tell you about Sagani and Clowning. Yeah, better than 50 years. 1978, the last time Marquette was ranked 6th in the country like they are today. Hey, just about 50 years. That's how long they've been doing it well. Leading provider of employee benefits, life insurance, retirement planning services. Yeah. I used to say a name synonymous with employee benefits and top-notch service. Not anymore. I add that to better than 50 years. That's how you can do it so well when you're doing it that long with so many different clients that you understand what can seem complex, employee benefits, life insurance, and all that. 262-783, Roger Maris, Roger Maris, 6161. You can remember the phone number as well. All right. As we do at the end of a Marquette game, which we did the last time when they were Big East, conference, regular season, champs. Yes, they've already won that because if they even lost their last two, they'd still have a share of it. And as you look up at the banner of Top Feister form, it says the Big East Conference regular season from 10 years ago, 2012-13, and they actually tied with two other teams. Nobody remembers and nobody cares, but I'll give you this. They care. They're at 15-3. and three. They want to get 17-3 and three because I think that will stand historic as one of the great regular season Big East records ever. Because 17-3, and three, that's just too hard. There are other good teams, and you just have a bad game every now and then. That's what they could do. They, this is history now they're playing for. History? Yeah. That's your, that's your spiel? That's how I would sell the last two. You're talking about history. 17-3. and three. Now, granted, they didn't used to play 20 games. Then right. It was 18, and now it's 20. When There's they that. There's that. But still, 17-3. and three. That's special. That's not special this year. That's special for a long time. But I don't get the last word. You get the last word before John Gasway gives you his 30 years or so in the NCAA tourney. You can win some money in your pools. You listen to the, the guru. You get the last word. Uh, I did call you what? an old man on Friday. I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. It's kind of, it was very rude. And I have nothing to say after that. Uh, you're making fun of my illness. I'm sick, and you're just, like, ripping me. I said, come over here. You said, well, do you want me to come here and, and sneeze all over Yes, you. do Pop it. all over you. Yes, fine. <laughs> yes. I've, I've been, right. People have been doing that for a you know, hundred years, or it feels like that. Mm-hmm. When, this is my last question before we break. I don't want you to roll over and die, when, so I'm not going to cough When this season did you say, you know, this team, this team could be something special. When did you first think that? Um, I don't know. It was into the season. Well, I, had to see a, I had to see a bunch of games. Okay. I had to see like six or seven games probably. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, into the Big East season, not the Correct. preseason. But, uh, you know, there's a couple of games in the early early part of the year. The, the Wisconsin loss was a low light, but there's some other highlights that I was like, oh, okay. I mean, they, got a, they got a chance. Let's see how they respond. 
And then they just kept winning different ways. And I was like, okay, these guys are good. These guys are legit. John Gassaway, NCAA Tourney Guru, and then Mike Dean, both next. 94.5 ESPN, it's a new world, Homer in the Hall of Famer, he's on assignment, because Marquette is not good, Marquette is really good, and it's been a long time since. Where are they going to be seated? How high are they going to seat it? They're going to make Sweet 16. How important is the conference tournament? When I need an answer to any or all of those questions, I go to... Many years ago, he was nobody, but he's big now. John Gassaway, you go to ESPN.com. He's one of their NCAA basketball tournament gurus. That's my title for you, John. Is it close? Yes, guru will will suit just fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. How are you? I'm good. You've been doing this how long? How many years now? Not just for ESPN.com, but for having information available to fans. Yeah, you and I uh, first started talking about, uh, I guess that would have been maybe 17 years ago, and I've been with ESPN for about the past nine, so uh, it's been a fun ride. What has changed in terms of why teams win, how teams win? You've been doing it so long. Uh, nothing at all has changed. Uh, Zach Eady in a uh, profile that my colleague Jeff Jeff Borzello posted just the other day. He said it better than any of us. He said uh, this is not a complicated sport, but we tend to overcomplicate it. It's uh, putting the ball in the basket. Uh, The ways that people do it have uh, changed over the years. More or fewer threes, but it's all all the same thing in the end, and uh, we love it. It's a great time of year. But wait, the threes, haven't they changed everything? Nobody used to shoot the threes. Then somebody decided a three is better than a two. I don't know when it started. You would know the year. But clearly that's changed the game some, or am I wrong again? It's absolutely changed the game. And, in fact, if you go onto YouTube, look at uh, old games, or even games that aren't that old, I mean, just the, the 2000s, especially the 90s, just where players were on the floor has changed. And now it's obviously uh, much more space. There's a lot of uh, room to operate in the paint that didn't used to be there. And uh, the way that offenses go about what they do has changed. But again, there's still room for a guy who's uh, seven foot four who never shoots threes to, uh, to dominate the game. The reigning national player of the year, Oscar Shibway, doesn't shoot threes. So it's a mix, and uh, everybody's always coming up with something new. It's why we keep coming back to watch. Well, who decided that it was better to shoot threes? Or you have a fast break, you don't take the layup, you kick it out, and you get a three. And you can answer this as well. Did anybody imagine that everybody could shoot the three as well as it appears they can? Everybody, there are a few left, but there aren't many who don't take any threes. Right. If you can... Uh... If you can shoot a ball and you're a, a fully formed adult, you can probably shoot a three. Now, it doesn't mean you can shoot them well, but uh, it's, it's not the case that we used to think where, well, if you're over a certain height, you absolutely can't do this. And uh, the NBA caught on uh, pretty much exactly a decade ago, and there used to be a one- to two-year lag between the pro game and the college game, but it became apparent that uh, shooting those threes was better than, than shooting long twos. They're not uh, that much farther out, and they're worth 50% more. So it, it makes a lot of sense, and uh, people have been doing it ever since. 
Talking with John Gassaway, you go to ESPN.com. He's got all the stuff about the tournament. And uh, now I'm just going to try to steal information so everybody can do better in the tournament. All right, let's start with Marquette. Uh, great offensive team, the stats say. I was going to also ask you which stats to check. Everybody goes to Ken Palm, but now there are others as well. They rank offensive and defensive. And Marquette is, I don't know, two or three offense, and I don't know where they are defense. I'm not exactly sure what the numbers mean, so I thought you'd tell me. Uh before we even get to the numbers, if I could just add as, a, as an outside Marquette uh, person, no no dog in this hunt. Just an absolute pleasure to watch. I mean, the, the ball just moves like butter on a griddle, man. Uh, they, they just distribute it so beautifully, and uh, it it's just uh, a tribute to Shaka Smart, and I, I think that people at Texas, the Longhorns, are having a great year as it happens. But they have to be watching this thinking, you know, why why didn't we get some of this? You know, because it's just poetry in motion. And, yes, uh, Marquette is great on offense. The the numbers bear that out in in Big East play. They're far and away uh, the most uh, productive and efficient offense. Hold on. You you make me interrupt. People get mad when I do this. But so Shaka wasn't doing the exact same thing at Texas? It wasn't as effective as this. Oh, I mean, this has just been a, a breakthrough year for Marquette on offense. They are one of the best uh, units on that side of the ball in college basketball. Texas was always perfectly respectable and good, and their recruiting, obviously, was, was fantastic during Chaga's years. But, I mean, this is a whole new level. And, again, uh, if I may, just aesthetically, is is a different uh, ball of wax entirely. And uh, Can I I'm tell you why I think, think it is? Why is it? Because I've never seen a player like Oso Iguodara, a center, who can dribble the ball anywhere on the floor. But at any point in an offensive set, anybody can throw the ball to him, and he can be anywhere on the floor, and he will then find someone else to get the ball to. And I don't know yeah, that I've he, seen anybody else like him ever in that regard. No, I call it a little yeah. magic. Or a, or a point center yes, or something. Yes, but, yeah, but the ability yeah. to pass, one, and two, dribble the ball in any situation. Right. No, to have the, you know, the hub of the Am wheel, I correct? so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, be able to distribute the ball anywhere it needs to go. That is just such a, a value added instead of... Um, you know, the the post player who just dribbles, dribbles, you know, goes into their post move. But, I mean, somebody who's got vision and can deliver the ball, um, that, that is definitely a big part of why Marquette is what it is this year. And uh, really look forward to seeing this group in the tournament. should be fun. Fun to watch. Strength offense. Now tell us more about them as a team with all the in-depth stats that you have. Uh, the defense is fine. It's average. It's, uh, it's hitting the, the big, the big East average. Uh, opponents, uh, I'm not telling Marquette fans anything they don't know. Opponents shoot very, very well against, uh, this, this defense, but obviously Marquette balances that out by generating a tremendous number of takeaways, uh, far and away, the, the highest number in the big East. So, um, Aesthetically pleasing on offense and exciting on defense. That little uh, feast or famine uh, element that is, is always uh, fun to watch. And uh, it adds up to, you know, what we've seen, a highly successful season. 
I, takeaways, it seems to me they're good at points off turnovers. I don't know if that factors in. Uh, to me it does, because, but I don't know that they're actually that good. That's just the stat that we have and see. Does it go that in-depth about your turnovers or not? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's definitely a wind at the back of this offense. Uh, they come by their, you know, quality on offense. Honestly, they're they're making shots uh, from both sides of the arc, but particularly their twos. But uh, it never hurts to have some live ball turnovers and and some uh, breakaways. That's definitely a, a big plus. When because this is not what was expected, given they were picked ninth in the preseason conference rankings. At what point in the season did they draw your attention? You know, uh, Wisconsin is strutting around saying, we won at Marquette. Uh, That is a great win on their profile. And uh, nobody knew at that time, at that point in the season, just how valuable that would be. It was uh, looking like a a good but still normal uh, Marquette season, I would say, and then right after the new year, they just started uh, reeling off, you know, all of the wins, and their only loss was in double overtime at Providence. There's no shame there. Um, and every, you know, every loss has been <laughs> on the road to one of the top teams, and otherwise they've just uh, run the table. So it's been cumulative, but it was, uh, for me, it was early to mid-January, uh, when the record was starting to get a little gaudy and I was watching my first uh, couple Marquette games end to end uh, and you know, seeing this offense that we've talked about where I was, uh, they had my attention at that point. Did they Were they playing better, shooting better? I always like to look at things, well, they were doing this and then this just got a little bit better uh, or not one particular area. No, I mean they've been uh, they've been good from the start of, of Big East play uh, on offense, and this has been a, a constant. And so it was it was ready to go. They played a tough schedule early, and maybe you know that's what threw us. I mean, my goodness, they played a true road game at Purdue for their third game. They played Mississippi State, which is you know people don't talk about the Bulldogs, but that, that's a good team. They're going to make the tournament. Um, they played them on a neutral floor. These these are good losses. Uh, so the record, you know, they weren't. That's the time of year where everybody's into who's the you know last undefeated team. And Marquette was never part of that sweepstakes, but they were good right from the start, playing a tough schedule. And once they got into Big East play, it became readily apparent. All right, my other stat that I hear is terrible rebounding team can't rebound a lick. I don't. I don't know how accurate that is. What, what, where, and where does that fit in terms of, uh-oh, watching that, turny teams? Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're not the best defensive rebounding team. You know, offensive rebounding is a little more of a uh, discretionary activity and obviously, you know, zero problem at all with this offense being good, even though uh, Marquette is – Slightly below the the Big East average, um, you know. So I, that's part of what people talk about with rebounding. But certainly, one thing that you want to look at first is defensive rebounding. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's an issue. It, it, they're not the best uh, in the Big East by any means. But again, they work around that with a tremendous offense and with a lot of takeaways on defense. So if you want to, you know, peer into this. You know, 
the best season in XX years, I don't know, since D-Wade, and find something that's substandard, uh, yeah, uh, the defensive rebounding is, is not the best. But obviously, the sum total of everything that Marquette is doing is, is working out fantastic. Talking with John Gassaway, the guru for men's college basketball, the NCAA tournament for ESPN.com. Round two, next. 94.5 ESPN, Homer in the Hall of Famer. He is on assignment talking with John Gassaway. Get all his stuff. You go to ESPN.com, men's college basketball, and he's got articles all over the place. Before the break, you mentioned maybe Marquette's best team since Dwayne Wade. I don't know if you just threw that in, because the last Marquette team that did well, I think back a decade ago, they won right, the yeah. Big East, and then they yeah. made it to the Elite Eight. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I didn't mean to pass uh, lightly over the buzz era. Those were uh, those were good teams, and uh, that was back in the old format, Big E. So uh, full salute. Um, this is the best team, best Marquette team in a while. We'll, we'll leave it at that. And they're really good. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. I'm not, I'm not trying to create a problem. I'm just trying yeah. to make sure I have your information accurate so that if anybody here says, did you hear what Gasway said with Homer and Tony? Man! Because um, I don't know, it's all such a big surprise. Nothing you tell me, other than the UConn game, all the games they lost were incredibly close. That's right. amazing no. as well. And see, the the story is yet to be written. I mean, we know how good this team is. The numbers say how good they've been during the regular season. But the, the brutal fact of the matter is, you know, six months from now, a year from now, much less five or ten years from now, nobody will care about those. It, it's what you do in the tournament. And, you know, Marquette will have the opportunity to write its name, you know, on that page. But uh, we have to wait and see what happens. In the meantime, they've definitely got the, the potential and the ability. People get on me because I say exactly that. A conference championship is nice. Nobody remembers. You yeah. make the Sweet 16, that's the way that you get, other than if you maybe have a huge historic upset, that's the way you get it in bold, the start of in bold. But no, I, that is absolutely correct. You know, the, the rhythms of the NCAA tournaments are, are a venerable thing. And it's just the truth that after that first wild, hectic weekend, you know, 48 games, uh, three out of every four teams left on the wayside. If, if you are one of the 16 that's standing, then that whole week there, that, that is a celebration of all those 16 teams. And, you know, obviously teams can be, you know, uh, disappointed after that. But uh, for those of us who don't get to root for teams that win the national championship all the time, making the Sweet 16 is, is pretty important. I absolutely uh, agree with you. And as far as the seedings, it's my belief that the conference tournaments don't get maybe what people expect, understandably to me, because what you do like Marquette over a 20-game conference season should be significantly more important than what you do in a tournament over three days. Not saying there's no value, but is it best to say it changes seedings less than people think or might think? Uh no, that is correct. We we want to believe, you know, when we watch our team or when we watch teams in our conference that we're interested in and they win or lose uh, in the conference tournament and it's just two or three days before Selection Sunday, just intuitively we want to say, okay, you they just went up a seed line or they went down a seed line. But 
you know, the committee has to look at the whole map across the country. And uh, speaking of buzz, ask him about last year, you know, uh, Texas A&M. What, they beat three seeded teams but lost the championship? Incredible incredible run in the SEC tournament, uh, lost in the title game to Tennessee. And if you looked at their body of work, including those conference tournament games, uh, they should have been in the tournament. It's just, uh, frankly, and Buzz said so in a, in a rather infamous press conference. But I think it was just too late in the day for the for the committee to to look at and acknowledge. So it's definitely uh, best to uh, to to make your body of work before you get to the conference tournament. I would agree with that. And it would appear it's not done, but Marquette is likely to win the Big East. And to me, uh, so it's. Uh, uh, seventeen and three, sixteen and four, whatever. That I don't know how you can even if they lost their first game in the conference tourney. I don't know how you could be worse than a three or four. Right. No, I agree. And another thing that I think is uh, possibly that we naturally want to do, that I'm not sure has real, you know, pay payoff value is to get too wrapped up in whether, for instance, Marquette is a two or a three. You know, there's not much difference in being being a two or a three. There's some difference between being a three or a four because then you, you need a top seed. But if you're in that two, three range, um, hey, it all depends on, you know, where you're bracketed and the opponents that you, you draw. And, again, just celebrate a great year and an amazingly – uh, high seed and don't get too you know i mean there are there are exceptions where teams are seeded and it is a significant surprise but uh, if 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 it's a line off uh don't worry about it too much you can play your way out of a surprising seed as long as you get there well marquette's due for a break they are of course historically the most unlucky fifth seed ever when they face murray state at 12 seed with john Morant. and last year they get North Carolina, who then goes to the championship game. And the last time before that, they get South Carolina, and they make the Final Four. <laughs> yeah, I think those first two are more legitimate crimes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I was just looking at that recently. Uh, people forget South Carolina made the Final Four. I know. Yeah, that, that was, that was a You beat Marquette, goal. and you're expecting yeah. something great. No, yeah, that was uh, that was wild. Uh, but yeah, uh, the John Moran thing, <laughs> uh, kind of reminds me of, uh, the year Wisconsin, uh, drew a team called Davis. Oh, they've got this guy named Steph Curry. That's you right. Know? Um, it, uh, it happened. No, when I, I'll never good. forget that game. I couldn't believe John Morant was that good. I oh, couldn't yeah. believe, no, he, and he was and is. Yeah, no. And, and the, 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 uh, draft pick that was used on him reflected that and the rest is history. No, it was no mistake that, uh, that was a good run by his team. All right. Let's get to the stats. I don't know. Do you have your stats? Most everybody says Ken Bomb. Now there's somebody else they use. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, Kyle. And I don't know what. I'm a busy guy. I only got so much time. I want to know the most important stats relative to what that seems to mean in the NCAA tournament. Um, I like Ken Palm does a, a great job uh, tracking every possession. I, I do that uh, just on my own for my use. You got to pay extra uh, for that though from him, don't you? Then you got to pony up a little yeah. extra. Yeah, okay, it's worth yeah, it. Well, it's, All right, yeah, it's money well spent. Right, there's, okay. there's a plug for Ken. Um, I do that just in conference play for the, the top third, roughly of Division One, so I can see what's going on on my laptop. But 
yeah, counting a few thousand possessions is a good way to see how strong teams are. Well, but do you have to have a good offense? Is that more important than a good defense? Has the game changed? Because I looked like, to me, if you're going defense, Houston's going to be national champ. They, they just, they're old school and tough, and they've been close before. But again, uh, if my theory's wrong, then uh, you can set me straight. Well, Houston, uh, I'm not sure they're they're a good test of that theory, though, because you're right, their, their defense is great, but their offense is really good, too. It's just uh, it can be hard to uh, to capture that uh, with your eyes in real time because it's not like they're uh, graceful and elegant like Marquette. They just they, they are absolute beasts pounding the offensive glass. And a missed shot for Houston is like, you know, three yards on first down. They're just getting started, and uh, let, let's have fun now. And it works, and they take excellent care of the ball as well. And that's another thing that we often gloss over in real time. So they get a tremendous number of attempts, and uh, you could do worse. You know, we haven't seen the pairings. We're, we're a long way out here. Yeah. We don't know. But you could do worse than say Houston is one of the teams, you know, that I am really having on my short list to win it all because they've had some bad breaks in, in the past with injuries, uh, with bracketing, but it seems to be uh, coming all together uh, this year for the for the Cougars. So what were you saying? Uh, shot attempts or uh, whenever yeah. you say anything, I always like to go in depth to get that little inside scoop. So you, uh, you they, they're good because they get a lot of shots or what? Mm-hmm. Where, where does it tend? Yeah, yeah, it's not complicated. They they don't commit turnovers, okay. and then uh, when they they shoot, and this has been true of, of Sampson going back to his Oklahoma years and possibly Montana. I don't know, but I didn't watch those teams. But uh, he believes in 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 going in waves uh, for the offensive rebound. A lot of coaches are skittish about that. And they worry about transition, transition defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that has never been a problem. For Kelvin Sampson. And the other thing I'd add is a lot of times coaches say, uh, for years, North Carolina was the best team in terms of offensive rebounding. And, and the rebuttal from coaches was, well, sure, you know, if I could get a, a flock of McDonald's All Americans every year like Roy Williams, I could do it too. Um, Houston, uh, Kelvin Sampson, he, he gets, you know, working guys. Now, lately, the recruiting has improved because they're so good. But for years and years, these were. Not uh, not NBA uh, bound players by any means, and it still works. So uh, I'll I I am interested to see if people uh, imitate this model. But uh, so far, it's been working for Calvin Sampson. I don't know if it's accurate, but the premise is there's no great team this year. More teams going to have a chance to win the NCAA tourney than in the past whatever number of years. And again, before I'm going to say that, I'm asking you. We always say that in any year where you know there's not an undefeated team or close to it. Uh, Houston is pretty close to it. <laughs> They're 27 and two, but it's the fact that you know, both of the games they lost were at home. One was at Temple. You know what in the world is that? And the fact that they play in the American next year, they'll be playing in the Big 12. So you know people aren't ready to buy there. I get that. It's natural to be hesitant. So we say no great teams, but um, you know if somebody you know, goes through the NCAA tournament, one of the one seeds, and they just uh, have no problem with any of their six opponents, we will say that's a great team, and they will be remembered that way. So, again, this is uh, this is yet to be determined, and that's why we have March Madness, and that's why we love it.
Well, who else other than Houston has shown signs in some way, wins, losses, losses, uh, turnover, whatever the stat you want to go, that shows you the potential to be something special? Obviously, Alabama has had stretches where they're uh, blowing everybody away. Um, team that uh, fewer people are talking about, uh, because I think fewer of the games are seen, is UCLA. Uh, they've been consistently tough. And, uh, you know, guys like Tiger Campbell and Jaime Jaquez, this is not their first rodeo by any means. And then uh, to choose a, a more prominent team, it does look like maybe Kansas has turned a corner. And it's, it's rather remarkable because of all of the uh, production they lost from last year's national championship team. But uh, Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick, and then uh, two defenders, the quality of McCuller and Harris, uh, that is a really good nucleus to have. And uh, they're, they're on a good run. So those are some of the names that are suggesting themselves uh, here as February draws to a close. Again, talking with the uh, tournament NCAA men's basketball guru himself, John Gasway. You go to ESPN.com. He's got a ton of articles. And now to the conference. Oh, this conference is so good, and that means the teams in that conference are going to do well in the NCAA tournament. I would guess the Big, Ta- Big 12 is getting that attention. But not only this year, but in general, if that's made up and so- or just sounds good or might be accurate. Uh, no, it's not accurate. <laughs> um, the uh, the Pac-12 had an amazing tournament a couple of years ago, and uh, they they were just normal during the year. Uh, the Big Ten is notorious, rightfully so, for being strong uh, during the regular season on paper, and then crashing and burning. And hold on, stop there. Why is that? People get mad at me. I'm like, it's it's horrible given the tradition. They haven't won a title in twenty some years. And aside from that, they've disappointed. And I say, I'll have to ask John. No, there's, you know, for a while there, uh, as recently as about 10, 15 years ago, you could wonder aloud, and I did, if the style of play in the conference wasn't just too, you know, uh, similar across the, the whole league, and it was doing teams a disservice. And then they saw the rest of the country in the NCAA tournament. Like, what is that? You know, pressing defense, uh, up tempo. You know, what's what's this? Uh, that's less true than it used to be, though. And we've we've yeah, the league is bigger than it used to be, and there's uh, more different styles. And particularly with the disastrous uh, 2021 tournament, um, I, I think you have to look at you know luck of the draw, and if they keep getting good seeds as good as they were two years ago, then at some point the the league will break through. Uh, Michigan had no problem that year uh, making a nice deep run, and you might see more teams like that. But, uh, yeah, they've been, uh, they've been snake bit, no doubt about it. And until they change that, uh, people are right to talk about the league that way. And lastly, any – Anything different or any team that, that's odd or whatever you want to throw in in additional a thought about this year in college basketball? Yeah, if you haven't already uh, watched Penn State, uh, they, they are a very unusual team on offense. All they have are first shots. That's all they do. They never commit turnovers, and they intentionally don't try for offensive rebounds. So they just come down, they try a shot. If it goes in, great. If it misses, uh, they'll get you next time. 
and it's a it's a very interesting way to play. Well, g- interesting is nice. I think there's got to be other words. Crazy doesn't make any sense. Why hasn't <laughs> anybody else tried it? What what evolves in games as a result of this? It works for them. They their turnover rate is so low, and they shoot so well that uh, it were they they can do without offensive rebounds. Now you can say, my gosh, if you were just average, you know, then you'd be have the best offense ever, you know, average offensive rebounding. But uh, Micah Shrewsbury, uh, he, he comes by this honestly, you know. He was an assistant with uh, some pretty big names like Brad Stevens and Matt Painter, and uh, it works for him. We'll see if the Nittany Lions can make it into the NCAA tournament. It's going to be close. All right, John Gassaway, ESPN.com. Of all you've written, what, what, what do you think people should make sure to read, or what do you have upcoming that, uh, that you think is worthy of some attention? Stop by ESPN.com, and uh, we'll break down the entire bubble for you at Bubble Watch. Uh, Marquette, obviously, has been a lock from the start, so not so much uh, about them, but about the teams that Marquette might be facing. Uh, You'll see them all at Bubble Watch. Thanks, John. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Homer. Now he's got a new name, the guru, John Gassaway, ESPN.com. I love it. Next. Four five ESPN. I don't talk to him often enough. Former Marquette coach Mike Dean. I know he's got basketball thoughts. I know he's got thoughts about Marquette. Coach, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Homer. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. So anything I say accurate? Because when it wasn't before, you would always tell me uh, my favorite line from you. How long have you been following basketball? But anyway. Um, <laughs> you might hear that again. I know. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, everybody's excited. Nobody, I didn't think Marquette would be this good. They were picked ninth in the Big East. They're 11 teams, and now they're playing great, and they're, they're top 10 in the country. Have you been able to watch any? I've watched some. I've watched some. And uh, my, my first uh, response would be that that coaching staff should be the absolute coaching staff of the year. Uh, there's Based on the preseason prognostications and the fulfillment of what they've been able to accomplish, it, 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 there's such a disparity there, bigger than any any other program in the country. They they are uh, uh, well on their way to, regardless of what they do in the league tournament, to, to a very high seed in, in the NCAA tournament, and I think, you know, a very formidable opponent for anybody that they meet. So why do you say that? What what stands out? You have you have high standards for people that weren't here when you were coaching. Uh, you don't just throw that stuff around. No, I do not. I, I think that Shaka uh, is the perfect modern coach. He, he's uh, perfect in the sense, you know, you know, when I was there, everybody ran plays, and you executed the plays, and you had three, four options on each play, and you had a playbook, you know, thick as the yellow pages back then, uh, which no one ever uses anymore, I know. Um, he has spread the floor as a, a tremendous point guard who sees everything. And maybe the biggest reason why they've improved as much as they have is he's now a legitimate scoring threat anytime he touches the basketball, whether it's from three or whether it's going to the basket. He, he's really taken his game uh, to, to the next level. Uh, and as a result, 
it's just made his ability to pass even better because everybody's got to be so concerned about his uh, driving ability and his, and his able, ability to finish now. Uh, but they, they spread the floor. They're uh, obviously very defensive-minded. It's kind of a Marquette tradition back from ever, but, you know, Kevin O'Neill and myself and then the coaches to follow, and, of course, Shaka came in with a great defensive reputation. Everyone thought they would be chaotic, and they're not chaotic. They're organized. They're connected. They're quick. They defend the ball very well. They keep their men in front of them. And they've got a variety of guys that can take it off the bounce, which is today's game, get into the paint. And if they're, you know, you know havoc was, was Shaka's thing. The havoc is they, what they create when they get into the paint for the other teams. Your success as a college coach in many ways, I think, was your ability for the team to play its best at the end of the year and do amazingly well in the tournament, getting into the tournament and then in the tournament. What did mm-hmm. you figure out that other coaches didn't? Because there's a list of 100 who disappoint at the end of the year when their team has proven to people they're better than they're doing in the tournament or getting ready for the tournament. I never practiced in October three days in a row. <laughs> I never practiced more than from the start of the, the clock, you know, after stretching and all that. I never practiced more than two hours any day. Uh, days before games, we would do very little of any kind of physical nature, and we would do a lot of finalizing game preparation. We were always very good at scouting reports and taking what the other teams did well and making them do something else to beat us. And as the season wore on, the guys believed more and more in that and even gave it more focus than I kind of tried to insist upon drawing out of them from the beginning. If you remember... I know, I remember uh, you calling a timeout 10 seconds into a game because whatever you told someone, he didn't do. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, if you remember back in my day, my time, I would not worry about having that last time, that one time out in the first half and saving it for the last play of the half. <clears throat> I would much rather use it early on after we told uh, a player that this guy's going to his left shoulder and you can't let him go to his left shoulder, you can't let him go to his left shoulder, and the first time he touches a ball, he, he goes, goes to his left shoulder. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it would it would be similar to... Um, you explain to your, your son who's seven years old that you're not allowed to go into the store and steal something, and the first time he goes in and he steals it. You're not going to wait two weeks to discuss that with him. Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? Because no, what do you mean, Joy? No, you'd say you're legendary still. Yes. And there's never been another coach that I've experienced like that since. And, and I, w- I would contend that um, we have pretty cerebral teams. They're, they're smart guys. Maybe not as athletic as some of the others, but – pretty smart guys and pretty well connected. And that connection grew and we became dependent upon it and dependent upon each other as the season evolved. And at the end of the year, we seemed to be as good as we were going to be rather than early in the year. Right, you had five? How many schools? Five you took to the tournament? Am I right? No, four. Four, Four, all right. But... which it's team had no business going? Which team of the of all the teams you got into the tournament? Even it even surprised you that you made it. Well, my first year at Lamar, uh, after leaving Marquette, 
we 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 were not great, and our best player, Kenyon Spears, who became my assistant later on, uh, and is now an assistant athletic director at Incarnate Word. <clears throat> Kenyon missed like eight games in the middle of the the league season, and we lost all eight of them. But Kenyon came back for the last three games, and uh, we played Louisiana Monroe, and we lost by 39. 39. It was a dunk of derby. It was like <laughs> they were they, they made hey, – we missed. They got the outlet. Guy threw it to another guy. He dunked. And it was like the Mardi Gras before the Mardi Gras started. Worse and, than uh, your loss to Maine at Marquette? Come on. Oh, 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 that was that was tragic. This was this was abysmal. All right, that was tragic. This was abysmal, <clears throat> and so if you remember, Maine beat St. Louis on that same trip that year. Yes, I knew you were uh, going to bring that up. And uh, that's when you said, "How long do you know anything about basketball?" I think he shot eleven percent the second half. And your which, comment which was, usually, "Homer, you and four of your friends could beat us if we shot eleven percent and a half." <laughs> Could we get a good yeah. question here eventually? Yeah, I've, I've moved on. Go ahead. Uh, I, I got you. Uh, so now my so getting back to that, that season. Yeah. First first game. Guess who we play? Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe. Monroe. Mm-hmm. Right. So so we uh, we practice a whole week. We change man. We get throw out the man to man, and we put in the matchup. And now we're getting ready for the tournament. So we're going in there. We're playing zone. Our rule was that if we shot the ball, the other four guys had to sprint to the other end of the floor. Didn't matter who shot it. Didn't matter from where he shot it. The other four guys had to get back. And we won the game like 62 to 54. And then we kept using the matchup throughout the tournament. Nobody had seen it. And we ended up uh, going on to win the tournament and getting to the NCAA tournament. And here's a good one. You'll like this. And our, uh, we're playing at Centenary. Don't ask me why we were at Centenary College, but it was a neutral site for the tournament. And uh, our fans are going, we want Duke. And I'm turning around going, no, we don't. <laughs> and, and, and then on Sunday, guess who we got? Duke. The <laughs> Duke, of course. Duke, of course. So, um, All right. But, I... uh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. That was, no, I was no, just going to say, that's the that's one team that um, – not because I didn't think the team was good enough to win the league tournament, but we hadn't been together. We weren't as connected, and we had to make some massive changes in, in order to get things done. But they, they did it. They got it done. And I, anytime I can, will let anybody talk about Aaron Hutchins, the little general, one of my favorite players, and I think one of the greatest players ever at Marquette, and you certainly knew him well. Uh, Aaron Hutchins, you know, every once in a while I'll throw a Cincinnati game in on the – uh, or the few I only have a few of the games, but the ones I have. Yeah, the ones you have is uh, when you were the first year, you played Cincinnati at at, at home, and it was like a volleyball game. Uh, they right. they won by a hundred, and then you go to Cincinnati, and I, I still right. don't know how you won, and you beat them. Yeah, yeah, we did. And it's actually the only time we won there. Even though we got a we got hugs once a year. <clears throat> Sometimes yep. it took the third game in the league tournament. Um, but that became a pretty good, uh, pretty good rivalry uh, at that time. But uh, I think of him, I think more of Hutch in the Louisville games. Uh, you know, we're losing. It doesn't look like we're going to win. Next thing you know, he makes a shot. Next thing you know, he makes it. In the end of games, 
he had an uncanny ability to just figure out what he needed to do to win the game on offense. You know what I remember at the end of the games? You played in Atlantic City and lost to LaSalle, and he had an end-of-the-shot end of the game shot, and he missed it, and everybody else was bummed, and he sat about two minutes looking around, like trying to figure out how he could have missed it, like the rim wasn't the right height or something. There there was no way he could miss that shot, and so something was out of sorts. Right. Well, you know, you have to bring that game up. I really appreciate it because if you remember, we were 8-0 and they were 0-7 at the time. I didn't remember that. Yes, and and so – and then I had all kinds of people there, all my from my high school, from everywhere. Everybody came to watch us play, and uh, we still had a good time afterwards. It didn't really matter. All right, let's go back to Huggins then in the tournament when you made it to and you beat them. And uh, and Peeper I think was hurt, and so uh, John uh, was it Cliff? Who was it? The guy and 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 Huggins didn't even have him on the roster, and he scored like thirty some right. points, and he screamed well, at the assistant coaches. How the f is this? How do who is this guy? Something to that effect. You were closer than I was, so I can't. Well, I don't. I, 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 I'll tell you this. I do remember this. We come running in at halftime, and I'm mad because they scored a basket at the end of the half. We were up like six or eight, and they cut it right at the end of the half. And I was really mad, and I started yelling at our guys. And Hugs is like four lockers down, and he's yelling three times as loud as I am. And so I kind of reevaluated my stance. I figured, well, if he's that mad, maybe we're playing better than I think we are. And uh, and and change my tone a little bit. But Still, the only Marquette team to win a conference postseason tourney. Well, that could end this year. Right? Let's face it. Uh, you know, you got to get a little lucky in those league tournaments. As a matter of fact, if you remember to the year before, we're playing Huggins' team, and they get a three in overtime. That the guy was clearly a foot in front of the line, but he faded and landed behind the line, and the referee didn't see it right away. You know, nowadays they check. Mm-hmm. And to tell you the truth, I didn't see it, and and I didn't see it until I watched the game afterwards. But uh, they got three points for that. They ended up beating us in overtime. You know, so it, I, I think that Marquette has a great chance in the Big East. But every night is a war in that league. And, you know, if you just have a bad shooting night. Did you ever coach against Shaka? Did you, did you have any inter- interaction? I, I, I did not. I, not not really. Not really. I, I mean, I wouldn't say. We're friendly. We certainly would, you know, hey, you know, but we didn't really know each other. No, I can't say that I did. He had left the VCU by the time I got to James Madison uh, to go to Texas. So, and VCU had also left the league at that time, had, had evolved into the Atlantic 10. So I, I, I never did uh, get a chance to interact with him. Well, we will talk again. I appreciate it. Any final word that you want to have? Because you always have the final word. The, uh, I just want to say uh, utmost respect for the job that the Marquette team has done. And I'm, I'll be watching them and root for them in the uh, Big East Tournament. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. All right, Homer, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You bet. 94.5 ESPN. I don't know what's next, but it won't be as good. Nothing but stay black and die. White people! I will bet anybody. I can't do it. We'll do it live! Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Things suck!